Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. I'm Paul Campbell. Join me as we dive into the world of turkey hunting. Every episode, we'll explore the minds of the finest turkey hunters around. We'll take a look at the people, the places, the tactics, gear, and the culture that creates the mystique around America's favorite bird. That's right. I said it. America's favorite bird, the wild turkey. Throw on your turkey vest, grab your box call, let's talk some turkey. How to Hunt Turkeys podcast is brought to you by Go Wild. Visit timetogowild.com or download the app on iOS or Android. Go Wild has all the gear the wild turkey hunter needs. Camo clothes, hats, vests, turkey calls, decoys, and everything else. Sign up for a free account today and get $10 off your first order. Timetogowild.com. Wicked North Gear, delivering the very best gear for a life well lived in the great outdoors. From field kits and DIY tax derby solutions to hats, hoodies, stickers, and more, visit wickednorthgear.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. I am your host, Paul Campbell. This weekend, Southern Florida. Today, I'm going to date this episode. Today is February 26th, 2023. There, the, the, the Utes were out in Southern Florida hunting Osceola turkeys, getting it done. It is here. Guys, it's here. Turkey season is here. I am so excited. Can't wait. I am 15 days, 15 days from my first turkey hunt of the year. I I, I can't sleep. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to sleep the rest of the the rest of those 15 days. So got a great episode for you guys lined up today. I've got Team Wingbone, which is uh is a is a group of guys from from Louisiana. They do a really they have a really good YouTube channel so if you're looking for content these guys i'm telling you they're putting out some of the purest turkey hunting content that you can consume on youtube right now check them out to search team wingbone uh, on youtube on instagram on twitter on facebook all of it a really great group of guys uh when, when you talk about family traditions oh hank williams jr diving into this conversation here uh family traditions these guys their family tradition of turkey hunting dates back to 1933. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Just a, just a wonderful episode. This I, I I've done honestly. I've done over probably 200 podcast episodes since I've been doing this. This is top five. Really is just just an unbelievable conversation. And if if you've listened to all of these episodes right now, and and if you're just new, you're just coming in. The best way to learn to turkey hunt. It's through storytelling, and I I hope you've picked up on that. This is not one of those shows where it's like, oh, hey, we're going to do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is what you want to do here. You want to set up here. You'll get a little of that. The best way to learn, in my opinion, to turkey hunt is through storytelling, and and, and that's what this is. That's what this show is all about. This is just a fantastic interview, uh, so thanks to the guys uh, from Team Wingbone. I can't... 
I can't thank you enough. Really enjoyed it. Uh, they sent me a hat. Love this thing. Great logo. Of course, it's in Mossy Oak Bottomland. Love that. Uh, so you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. There's a little feedback in the beginning. So, uh, you know, listen, I'm not an expert. I'm not a producer. All right. I'm an idiot. I'm literally sitting in my basement at, you know, nine o'clock on a Sunday night. I don't know how to edit podcasts as well as uh, as well as I should. I'm not freaking Steve Ranella, right? So give me a little grace. The editing might be a little weird in this one, but the content, the storytelling, the information, the knowledge you're going to get is second to none. You're really going to enjoy this episode. So dive into this. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Find this show on Instagram, H2HT, How to Hunt Turkeys, H2HT podcast. Find me on Go Wild, How to Hunt Turkeys. Uh, if you haven't checked out Go Wild yet, if you're just if, if, if you're new to this show, you haven't listened to the O2 podcast, the other show that I do with Andrew Munts, Go Wild, you hear them in the intro. Awesome community. They've got a really neat feature, the Near Me feature. Check it out. I want you to read the article on timetogowild.com that I talk about, about how to use that data, that information that we collect through that near me to make you a better turkey hunter. You're really going to like that. Uh, check out uh, the, 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 the stuff that we've got at uh, wickednorthgear.com. Kill kits, DIY taxidermy. You guys will be shooting some long beards this year. You got to have some kits. You got to have some stuff to, uh, to hang those beards, to hang those fans. Bobby's got all those, wickednorthgear.com. You've heard me talk about this this site. This is a a labor of love for me. This is a new project that I've been working on with my buddy Justin, turkeyseason.com. I am so excited about this. Team Wingbone, those guys are on there. Some of the best turkey content that you can find on the internet, podcasts, videos, blogs, articles are all on this website. I've got an awesome store coming up. I've got Rolling Thunder game calls, Woodhaven custom game calls, Bone Collector, Redfin polarized sunglasses, Wicked North Gear. Oh my god, there's so much stuff for the turkey hunter that's going to that's going to be on this site. It's not uh, you know, it's not a huge site. You know, not a huge store. But there's some really good stuff on there. The content, you're really going to enjoy it. So check it out turkeyseason.com. That sucker is going live on the first official day of turkey season in this country, March 4th, Southern Florida. So check that out if you're not turkey hunting. It's going to get you in the mood. Got some really, really cool stuff on there, and it's just going to continue to grow. So turkeyseason.com, you can find it on Instagram, the turkey season. Uh, some dudes got turkey season locked up. So, uh, if you know that guy, send him, send him a DM, tell him to, tell him to give it up. So thank you so much for listening to this program. I really appreciate it. The popularity of this show has exploded. I did not see this happening and it's all because of you guys listening to this. So leave me a review. I saw some reviews on there already. Warmed my heart. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys listening to this. Reach out to me, Paul Campbell, three, two, two on Instagram, Paul Campbell on go wild. Love to talk with you. Man, turkey season's coming. Thanks, guys. Where at in Louisiana are you guys from? Denham Springs, Louisiana. It's about, I guess, 10, 15 miles east of Baton Rouge. Okay. Two east of it. I've... Uh... I've been to New Orleans a couple of times. I've, I've poked around. I, I've, I've been to Baton Rouge a couple of times. Um, I've never, never done any turkey hunting down there. I need to, I need to get down there and experience yeah. that. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute, but we, we used to have a lot of turkeys, but they've gone down just like it has 
all over the United States, you know, but they started yeah. to come back a little bit. So I got yeah. a, a good friend of ours that does a lot of uh, research. He works for the, he's actually the Turkey program manager for Louisiana. So we could talk about that too. Yeah. I saw you guys put that out. Who got to hold the Tom? Who was that? That was Turkey. That was me. Well, okay. uh, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago. Okay. And That's really the last one that came out was uh, Cody. He's the manager of the program. That was the one okay. That just came out, but I held one two years ago. Well, that's very cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty neat. We're doing here in Ohio. We're doing a uh, we're doing a nesting and brood habitat study. It's a multi-state uh, cooperation between the agencies and the National Wildlife Federation. And uh, I'm bringing some. I work for the NWTF, so I don't know if, if you guys knew that or if we've talked about it. So right. it's cool. I get to travel all over the country and 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 talk to people like you guys, and 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 I get to man. I wanted to hold a turkey so bad. Like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I just want to, like, touch one and just hold it and be like, I love you. And then just <laughs> just let hey, it go hey, and let hey, it fly. Hey, away. Yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But they've got uh, – they're starting – the state is starting in Ohio State University. They're, they're putting out uh, bait sites. Our, our deer season runs until, like, I don't know, the first week of February. It runs pretty long. So as soon as that's over with, they're going to start baiting public land sites. Um and then they're going to have the nets out there. And, and so we're taking some some NWTF members out there. And we're going to sit in ground blinds and hopefully get pushed a button and yeah, catch some turkeys. So, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so. a cool experience for sure. It It is. And, you know, with my role, like I want the members to to get to experience it. But I'm going to be back there just like a kid, man. Just like, oh, come on. Let me push the button once. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. I was going to tell yeah. you, I, I went with uh, Cody uh, two years ago when he was doing it. And he had to. I think it was in February and he had the, you know, the, the bait set out and they had the traps and we got there real early and I was going to do most of the fin and the guys that were going to shoot the net were over to our side and they, we were communicating with little radios and uh, Cody was listening and he was watching them through binoculars and I'm filming it. And he said, you got to wait. And I think there were like 22 turkeys out there. One large time. That was the one that I held. And he said, you got to wait till all their heads go down because if you shoot the net, with their head up, he said it it clipped it off, and we caught all twenty two. Oh wow! All, I'm sorry, we caught twenty one of them, and one Jake got away from us. So we okay. had turkeys everywhere, but none of them injured. Dude. None of them was injured. Man, that's really that's really neat. Talk about pressure. I mean, you don't want to decapitate a turkey. I mean, that's. I mean, you're just probably looking at all of them, like, okay, we good to go, and. I don't, I don't know how Cody did it, but he was watching. And he says, no, 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 and now boom, and that. And it, it, none of them were injured, so it, it's amazing how they do that. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty it is pretty neat. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I just get to get to experience that. Give me give me a rundown of all your names, the the nicknames, how you got those. Let's we'll start we'll start uh, whoever whoever wants to start. Start on this end. There we go. <laughs> well, I'm Hindley. It uh. And as I always tell everybody, I kind of earned my name. It uh, it was actually given to me by uh, turkey hunter's father, little turkey hunter's grandfather, years ago. Uh, when I first got into turkey hunting, and um, it was actually during squirrel season. Well, we had a good squirrel hunt that morning. Cooked us a good gravy that night, and uh, I happened to get up and I went and fixed my plate. And uh, we all was the best part of a squirrel to eat, just like a deer, or anything else, is the hind leg. So I fixed my plate and bought pit, put a little rice on there, put a little gravy. And then next thing you know, I grabbed all the hind legs out of the pot. 
So Gobbler, uh, who's no longer with us, he goes up there and fixes his plate. It says, Dane, a hind leg left in this pot. So therefore, right. I earned my name, the hind leg. Everybody earns their name. <laughs> yeah. Popo got back over to the table. He's like, well, there's all the hind legs right there. Look who's got them. <laughs> and he stuck with him that night to this day. That's been over 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Now, Steve, what about you? What's your give? Give us your your nickname. Me, my, my real name's Stephen Howes, but I'm I'm a little turkey hunter, and and I just came with that name because he was tur- turkey hunter, so everybody just started calling me Little Turkey Hunter, and that was it. It was simple. Just as soon as you <laughs> no could big, walk, little no turkey big story hunter. on it. Just born yeah. into it. There you go. I'm, I'm James Howes, and my my father, his grandfather, was the gobbler. He's the one that kind of introduced us and who made all of our. Uh, wing bones and uh his name was the gobbler and i'm of course turkey hunter so that's kind of the the pecking order that we have very good and i'm jason harris i'm cousins with these two right here not that long in but just these two right here <laughs> I'm oddball. yeah there you uh, go perched as a when we uh hunted in the forest running dogs uh during deer season we have handles of course uh you can use your real name on cd radio of course that's before cell phones and my dad was the green trout which is a bass and uh we had to find something for me because i started mouthing off on the cb instead of using my name so we tried to find a fish that was smaller than the green trout and we couldn't think of a name of a little bass so we just said all right what about a perch a red belly perch and ended up being perch so there you go good and, and we have we have one other member that's not with us tonight and uh and that's jeffrey and uh his, his handle is a uh, bag man and uh but we have to let him explain how he uh, received that name yeah fair fair enough so (laughs) one of the one of the one of the things that i really that i really like on your videos and and your intros you talk about kind of the the turkey hunting tradition that you guys have and how it started with with uh your father gobbler i mean really when he he shot that first turkey talk about that what i mean 1933 that is impressive yeah 1933 uh, I know if you just from me reading around reading history and a lot of the turkey hunt population back in those days, it was real low across the United States. But uh, in the in Louisiana, they, they're known as the Florida parishes, which if you just picturing it, would, it would be like the toe of the boot. And all that area was prime turkey habitat. And they had a lot of turkeys then in the in the 20s, you know, and my great grandfather uh, he passed away before I was born, but daddy knew him uh, well. I think he passed away when he was about 16. So he, he remembers him very well. Uh, he, he taught my grandpa how to hunt, turkey hunt. He ma- they made the wing bone calls. My, all my grandpa's family, uh, uncles, first cousins, there's a ton of them, and they all turkey hunted. Of course, some had made their box calls and some were, they were just trying to start making the diaphragm calls and all that. But, uh, the wing bone was my great grandpa, my, my grandpa's go-to. And uh, my great grandpa made it for my grandfather, probably around the late 20s, 1927, 28, made his first wing bone turkey call and started teaching Popo how to hunt. And uh, he, he told him, he said, son, you, you're going to learn more on your own than what I can, what I can do for you. So he turned him loose and he was, he was nine years old in the spring of 1933 and he told me he could walk out the back door and hear anywhere from nine to ten turkeys gobble from from the back porch of the house there was that many turkeys and he said he would go out there and he'd 
He said, I'd call the one and he'd shut up and I'd run him off and I'd go to the next one and run him off. And he, he said, after I'd run them all off and they all shut up, he said, I'd go back and sit on the porch and daddy would tell me, practice with me, you know? And he said, I kept going and finally he went out there and, and finally killed one. So, and that was 1933. Wow, man. What a, what a story. What, I mean, what a, what a family tradition. So I, I don't know many people that have that that like that deep, rich family tradition of, of turkey hunting that goes back that far that you, I mean that you've been able to talk about. Especially, I mean, my tradition. I didn't start hunting until I was twenty five. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad didn't hunt. Uh, my my grandfather, he did. He died when you know in the mid seventies. I, I was I wasn't born until eighty two. I've got his hunting license from I want to say like nineteen fifty five. And I've got a couple of shotguns and that's it. That's my, that's where my heritage starts. And, you know, it's kind of, I get, I get jealous when I hear about that stuff and I'm just, I love, I love hearing about it. I, I, it's just neat. It's neat to hear those, those old stories. And I've got this book on my shelf back here. It's, it's from 1966 and it's a about hunting. Um, and it's, it's, it was from the hunting season of 1965. So it talks about, like populations it talks about license sales uh and all that thing from from the different states and it's funny how many how many states didn't even have a hunting season for for spring turkeys during that time and i don't think a lot of modern hunters they don't even realize that 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 we is like you, you didn't even get to experience hunting turkeys in a lot of states i know in ohio our first modern turkey season wasn't until 1966 and we really? shot 12 yeah, we shot 12 turkeys that year it was open in six counties and I, they sold, you know, uh, just a handful of licenses, uh, 12 turkeys. And so people forget that. So the turkey, you know, just kind of that cradle being, you know, the southeastern portion of the United States. I mean, there was pretty decent population. So that's really neat that you know, your family got to, you know, got to hunt when other states didn't just didn't have right. turkeys, right. you know, and that's, that's really neat. And I mean, you talk about that's, that's kind of the foundation, you know, your family, you know, is the foundation for, for the modern turkey hunter culture that we know just, just collectively, you know, that's, that's really cool, man. You talk about legacy. That's, that's some neat stuff. So, you know, I, I hope you guys are proud of that. That's, that's pretty cool. We, so we are very proud of it. And it's funny, you know, to hear my, my grandma's side of the story, you know, how she, she would said all our, the way we pick with each other, you know, and I called this one off for you, or you couldn't call that all the stuff that the turkey hunters do today. She said, all those conversations went on, in the forties and fifties when her papa first got married and she said, it all sounds the same. <laughs> oh man. That's so, that's so funny. That's it. That's so funny, man. You just wish that like we had videos of those, of those old school Turkey oh, yeah. hunters just sitting yeah. around, just, just running their mouths and just getting after each other and cutting it up. I mean, that, that's, that'd be great, man. You talk about, great. We, we are fortunate though. With, um, I do have a lot of, a lot of old vid, uh, pictures from, from black and white, you know, from, probably going back at least to the early forties of them with turkeys, you know, all the way up through, I got a bunch of daddy. He's in his teens, seven, eight years old to high school. You know, we got a lot of those pictures. So got those saved, got those in the uh, safe. Okay. Now, they, turkey they, they built a, uh, uh, a very large bass pro shop here, probably five, six, seven years ago. And at least that many got some years ago. In there. and uh we uh they came around to the community and uh we got a bunch of pictures of my dad my grandfather his brothers and and they have a lot of them uh blown up and posted in the bass pro shop here in in the turkey section and uh it's pretty neat to go down there and see them all and uh 
that was one thing dad was very proud of. He used to go down there before he passed away, passed away in 2013 and he'd want to okay. go look at his pictures. So he, he, he was, he enjoyed that. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty cool. When it first opened, you know, we couldn't wait to get up there. We didn't know where yeah. they were at or which ones they had chosen. And uh, I mean, they had them blown up, you know, four by four and, I bring him up there and we're walking around. I'm look, I said, look, there, there you are right there. You know, and he looked at it and had a guy standing there and he bumped him. He said, that's me right there. That guy said, well, it don't look like you. He said, heck, you put 60 years on you and see if you don't change. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's good. That's good stuff. So Turkey Hunter, when did, when did you start Turkey hunting? When did I, old I started Turkey pull you hunting out? probably, of course, I squirrel hunted at first and then, I, they would never take me turkey hunting because, you know, one of the main things is, you know, you got to hide, you got to stay still. And I was, you know, kind of hyper around and, and so forth. But I probably really started uh, in, in probably around 10. They would take me with them and uh, we'd, we'd, I'd miss one or two. But I finally killed my first when I was with daddy uh, when I was uh, 11 years old. And I, you know, I remember like it was yesterday, but uh it was one of those things you, you cherish forever. And I was with him when he killed his first one and, and him and, and Kyle several off of him until I let Hind Lake kill one. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, as you could tell, I'm the senior member of the group. So yeah. He's got seniority. I got seniority over all of them. So. You get to but, pull uh, the trigger first every season, right? That's it. That's now it. you that's do. It. That's it. And, good. Uh, good deal. So, you know, is, is, is a father, uh, you know, I get my kids in into hunting and, and I, I'm at the point where I want them to have the more chances than I do. You know, yeah, I want them to pull the trigger and that's, that's the stuff that like, you know, when you close your eyes for the last time, man, those are the things that are going to flash your mind. It's not going to be yours. You know, it's going to be your kids and it's going to be, you know, the people that, that you bring into it. So that's, those are always neat, neat experiences. So Absolutely. now when you, when you're getting in, this is, this is, this is funny. Cause my, my friends, are just now starting to get into turkey hunting. Um, I've I've gotten them into it over the years, but we're having those conversations like, okay, who's on the gun first, and how do you guys settle that that argument every every hunt <laughs> or every season? Well, we we always let hind leg shoot because it's a 50-50 chance he's gonna miss. So Something's you, gonna happen. At least you got you, you can be the backup, so you still might have a chance to shoot. <laughs> but uh, now since we started filming, you know. I, I, I pretty much, I get behind whoever's going to go. I try to split up and go with legs some, daddy some, and perk some, and, and, and film, you know. We do have a video coming out this year, so I think y'all going to enjoy that one. It's the, the whole game, and it, it was a show. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds fun. Yeah, yes, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see Yeah, I can't wait to a see that. A lot of so. action. Yes. A lot of Man, action. Man, I – oh, that's going to be – that's going to be good. So, so how many – how many have you guys hunted all 49 states and have turkeys? Or are you still working on that? Still working on it. I guess I'm around the twenties. I think everybody else is right there pretty close to me. I may have one or two up on them, but uh yeah. Yeah. It, it's a goal of ours. I, I know when they, you know, this back in the nineties, it was the grand slam, the grand slam, the grand slam, and and we went and did that. And then after it was over with, we was like, well, now now what? You know, so but <laughs> And then they started all with the 49 and I said, well, we want to do it, but we don't want to do it too quick. We want to enjoy it. Yeah. There you go. Spread it, spread it out a little bit. That in the, the pocketbook might uh, have something yeah. to say about that. Every, 
I know I've been I've been trying to talk my wife into let me you know hunt more states than I have this year, and and I and I'm pitching her on a on a western swing. So I've got a Florida hunt planned. I live in Eastern Territory, and you know I've got a Montana hunt planned. And so I told her I said if I kill an Osceola, I kill an Eastern, and I'm fortunate enough to kill Merriam's out in Montana. I'm go going to go kill. I'm going to go like I, I have to. Your stuff on third. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I, and what's crazy is if if I kill all three of those, I mean the pressure that I'll put on myself for Rio, (laughs) tremendous. We all know the feeling. Yeah, and so she, my wife's like, "Well, you you have your entire life to do." I'm like, "You don't, you don't understand. Like, I can do it one year. That's that's it's not the point. I can do it one year." I'm going to do it. I'm just telling. I'm not asking. I'm telling you, like that. I'm just going to. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to go to some state that has Rios, and I'm going to spend however much money it costs to get on public <laughs> land. And I will. I was like, I will make it up to you on the backside of turkey season. <laughs> I promise. But that's. I'm just giving you a fair warning that I just hope that happens. Start laying the groundwork and the preparation yeah, right. now. Oh, that's it. I've been. I. It's just. What, what do you need? What's up? What's up? What can I do for you? Uh, how's the house? Cleaning the house. Take care of the girls. <laughs> I'm doing all of these things. You know, just lay lay in it. So, um, what do you, what do you guys got planned coming up? You got any 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 big hunts planned? Yeah, uh, I'll be going to Florida the first weekend. Um, of course, we'll all be in Mississippi when when it opens on March 15th, and then. Uh, I think the whole crew is going to Kentucky this year. Uh, yeah, Kentucky's first, a good one. You went with us before. We went in 2014. 2014. Nine years ago. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, Kentucky's probably, probably my favorite state to hunt. I think really? that I've been in. Yeah. There's a lot of turkeys there. The, 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 the terrain is cool. I like the, I like the hills. I like the open areas. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I am doing my first Florida hunt. I've never done that. And I am, I mean, it's January 31st and I'm not, I'm going to be down there March 18th and I can't sleep already. Yeah. I've watched all your Osceola videos and I'm just, I just go on YouTube and I type in Osceola turkey hunting. And I'm just like, <laughs> just absorb all of the content I can. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So let's talk about the name, the namesake, uh, team Wingbone. So when I first started turkey hunting, uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've told this story once or twice on this podcast, but I'll give it to you guys. So I, I was 25 when I started hunting. YouTube wasn't really around. This mid-2000s, early 2000s. And I bought the um, the Primo's Power Crystal turkey call. And I didn't realize you had to scratch it up, right, to make it make noise <laughs> like a turkey. Mm-hmm. And so for weeks, I was trying to make this thing sound like a, like a hen. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. And so I take it back to the store that I bought it from, this little, little hunting store in McConnellsville, Ohio. And I'm like, hey man, uh, this turkey call is broken. I need, I need a new one. And he just looks at it and doesn't see that it's, you know, that it's scratched up. And he like takes the sandpaper and he scratches it. And here's like, he's, here's how you work it. Get out of here. I'm like, oh great. So, I, <laughs> so I start, I start with with the with the pot call, and then I and I try, I get into like mouth calls, and I realize that I have this terrible gag reflex that never goes away. And so I got into wingbone calls. I got into trumpets. I got into my personal favorite tube calls. Um, but I do love the wing bone. So, so you guys don't use anything other than a wing bone. I mean, that is, that is, that is it. And I love it. That's, How'd yeah, that start? We, uh, yeah. My grandpa, uh, made, made all the wing bones that we have, you know, and, uh, that was his thing around the, the community to make wing bones and, and, and he would give them to people, you know, they'd come by and they'd want to hear all the old time stories and he'd tell them and, 
course, they would ask, you know, can you make me a wing bone? And he would, and he, he never sold one. He always gave them all away, you know. So every time, as that group kept growing and growing, and, uh, you know, around town, they'd, they'd kill a turkey and they'd bring it, go to grandpa's house and, and show the turkey off, you know. So that got to, that's kind of how it started. That was probably back in the 90s to, you know, that, well, Team Wingbone got another one, you know. So that's kind of how it, how the name got kicked off, Team Wingbone. We started calling really anybody that used one of Pawpaw's wing bones, that was, that was Team Wingbone. So. I bet the first we, time he heard that, he was strutting around town like He still is. Still is. And then, of course, when we started uh, started the YouTube and the filming, you know, it was no question what we were going to be called at that point. But he, he'd oh, always yeah. make us because we he was too old up in age to be able to go with us on a trip. And he'd always make a, a call for us. And, and we'd take one with us on a trip. And if we went, and we mostly, hunted private land, uh, uh, public land. But if we'd see a turkey on private land, we'd go and ask permission or whatever. And if they'd grant us permission, if we'd kill the turkey, we'd always have one of his wing bones and we'd give it to him. And he's got wing bones all over the country for that he's, we've distributed Man. through the years. Man, that's neat. What a, what a tradition. And so I think that's, you know, that wing bone, that's one of those traditional calls. It's the same thing as the trumpets, you know, the tube calls. It's just, it's really those calls that were, you know, on the forefront of, of turkey hunting and box calls. And uh, if you've been to the Edgefield uh, NWTF Museum, they have a box call that's that was like hand carved by someone back like the 1800s. Have you, that thing is, it is unbelievable. I'll send a picture of it to you. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Will Primos has it. He, he donated it to the, to the museum to display. And it is just, I mean, you look at it and just, you just think like some kid at a farm was just like, you know, I'm going to carve this this box and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hunt turkey. It's just so, yeah, it's so, it's so cool. And I like what, you know, kind of what, what, what you guys do is you've got, you've got such that strong, you know, hunting heritage. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a preservation of, of kind of traditional turkey hunting. And, you know, you use the wing bone and, and the way that you guys hunt on your, on your shows, I can see that it is, it's that traditional, you know, calling man you're just using woodsman skills you're using the calling skills you're hiding bushes and it's just i like it and so <laughs> that's the way we were taught so that's that's, that's it right. and you see yeah, you I see a lot of say, um you know what we take pride on and growing up is 90 plus percent of where we hunt is public land uh we grew up hunting here in the national forest in mississippi and most of our trips are national forest um not that we hadn't gone on private pieces or actually went on any reservation but um when you go in public it's a little bit different than you know sitting on a private piece and maybe you got 15 gobblers and maybe sitting in the ground blind there's nothing wrong with that but it just seems like we're so used to uh the public and then you got to deal with other hunters you don't know who's around the corner who's on the other you know mountain or hill or whatever so it makes it a little bit different that you're you're anybody can be around you from anywhere else but it also going back to the old school you talk about old school i remember hunting with a gobbler when I was eight or 10 years old and he would identify trees to sit behind or logs to sit behind or a ridge. And he would, the wind and the humidity and, and the way the turkey gobbled. I mean, there were so many details that was going through your mind that you, you wouldn't even think of. And that's, that's what I call old school, really turkey hunting to really get in there and figure out, all right, how am I going to beat this thing? Does he have one hen, no hens or 15 hens with him? So 
all that's going through your mind, what you set up, don't set up, call, don't call, all those are racing through your mind, uh, and it's got to be done pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it does. And that's, that's something that, you know, regrettably for me, I just, it, you went within the last like seven or eight years, as I'm walking through the woods, the entire time I'm just looking, I could sit there, I could sit there and it's just walking. Cause you never know. And this show is, is really for people that are just learning to Turkey hunt, just getting into it or want to become better. You never know. When one of those suckers are going to pop off. You have no idea. <laughs> and if you're, if you're, if you're, and I've been there, we've all been there where some, you know, uh, you know, a Tom just rips one off 60 yards from you and you're looking around like, Oh God, where do I sit? I don't, I, I where, where's a bush. I need to, you know, you just yeah. like lay flat on the ground. Like, uh, Oh God. Okay. Calm down. Re, you know, reassess. So, yes, and I, 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 guess that's, one, I guess one thing that's etched in my mind from being taught from a very early age is that the one thing that was drilled and drilled and drilled, Make sure when you sit down, make sure you are hit. That was the number one rule. And he would, you know, get behind a stump or he would get behind a log. And the first thing to do, leaves would go on top of the log to conceal yourself or whatever. But I guess the number one item on the list is make sure you are hit. And, and yeah. you know, for, for the beginning turkey hunter, that's that's a big, big, big deal. And don't and move. And don't move. <laughs> and now we got to set up the camera, set up the GoPro, <laughs> set up the backup camera. All right, now let's hunt. Yeah, I was watching just one of your one of your videos recently, and you got the big tripod, and then I, you know, I see it, you like you set the the one GoPro in front of you, and you turn it. You set the other one behind you, and you turn it. I'm like, man, God love those guys. Like that's so much work, and just hey, I, I, I'm getting anxiety just watching it. Like, uh, stop moving. Like it's time. And you know, when you're watching and listening, you don't know how close these turkeys are when they're gobbling. I'm like, that thing's right there. Like, stop with the cameras. Like, it's gonna be okay. No one's gonna be mad if you don't get it on film. So just kill that thing. So that, but that's important. Stay, stay here. That's such a, it's such an overlooked thing with with new turkey hunters uh intermediate turkey hunters and advanced turkey hunters you just i mean that that constantly like scanning the woods like what can i hide in and when you're when you're looking for that hide you've got the hide are you looking for like you got tom working in are you looking for something if you know maybe 20 or 30 yards in front of you just to kind of break up you know where you're at so it's not uh, as easy as for him to see right yeah we i mean like daddy said you know you want to be hid so we we trying to get somewhere where you you either going to be covered you know behind you or we really like to get get something in front of us honestly like a log or a stump or something like that that's become more difficult with the camera so we you know and i like when we're setting up when you know when the turkey gobbles and we're setting up i like to get as close to the shooter as i can because i like to get that back and forth conversation you know and i get a kick out of that because half the time we're so far off on what's happening you know after you 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 know the outcome you know it's like man if we'd only knew that you know so but uh yeah just trying i've gotten a little uh little uh it's a leafy suit top is all it is and i got that to go over the camera so that helps conceal me because usually i'll get them sitting up against something whether it's a log or, or a tree you know and then i can slide in there right up tuck in behind them but i had to have that that uh leafy suit on there to conceal me and I, I was learning the hard way yeah many <laughs> a times. few times yeah. <laughs> that's that's and I, I talked about this in an episode that, that we just recorded that's the best really the the best and the only way to learn uh in turkey hunting is 
failure, right? I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. you. Yeah, you, you do something and and the turkey runs off and you stand up and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. But you are because it's just what we do. Uh, that's a hard lesson to learn. So, perch like when you're walking through the woods and you're listening to you know as a kid to gobbler and and to turkey hunter talk about like these these lessons. I mean, did you, it, it, when you're younger, did you, did you like latch onto that or did, was it just kind of like, yeah, I, I know <laughs> like a lot of kids. Yeah, not do. immediately, you know, at 10 years old, I knew everything about turkey. Yeah. But he would, he would point out and my dad would remember this as well. Who's not here, but he would say, he would look and see where the turkey was gobbling, especially if he's on a limb and you got to kind of survey the woods and it helps if you know the woods, if you don't, it's a little bit hard with the draws So the turkey down here or I hardly jump a draw was two foot wide. They don't have to have water in it. They're not going to cross that draw. And he would say that turkey's going to come on that ridge right there. So you better get in shooting distance. I mean, that turkey may be a hundred yards gobbling and he knows. So when you're going through there and you're kind of surveying the landscape uh, to think about all these things and knowing the woods is, is a lot better, of course, where the cutover is, where he's, you know, where it's clear where he's going to walk. But after a couple of years going through my high school years and learning more about where to set up, but also it's not just being still. It's also, what I learned is you got to attack too. And that sounds kind of funny, turkey hunt. Why do you got to attack? Well, if you're talking, calling the bird back and forth for 20 minutes and he's not moving and you're not moving, you have to make a move on him. Because more than likely, he's hung up with hens or he's got something. They may come in later, but you either got to circle around, you got to crawl, and you got to make a move on him. We did that a couple of years ago. He and I did, got hung up. And sometimes you've got to get up and make a move. And it's harder now because you got two or three cameras with you and you, you packing all the equipment. But uh, I've had a many times where I went back and forth for 30 minutes and they, they get silent and you don't know if they're 20 steps or a half a mile and you just lost out. So I've learned, I guess, to be more, a little more aggressive, especially just 8, 830 in the morning and you're still playing with him a little bit. Patience starts wearing off. You got to start making some moves and see if you can move on. Him. So learning through the mistakes and I probably missed 60, 70 percent of them. But every time you go, you seem like you learn something. I learned something different, uh, whether to move or not to move. And that's a, a split second you got to make, uh, whether to get on him or not. Yeah. So what, when, when you've got, when you've got that Turkey, that, that goblin hard on the limb, and this is, this is, I mean, for people listening, this is going to happen all the time. Turkey goblin hard on the limb hits the ground, might respond to your calls, goblin hard, and then just walks away. And you're just like, well, I don't know what happened. It could be hens. It could be uh, who knows. That, that's the great life's great mystery. Why do you stop gobbling? I don't know. So okay. when when do you pull that trigger to say, okay, I'm moving. I need to move. And what are the things that you're looking for in the woods that dictate your movements? You, using the terrain, depending on where he was gobbling at. But I'm I'm very reluctant to move unless I know where he's at. So I, I, got, I either got to try to make him gobble or let, or he gobble on his own. And, and uh, so I know exactly where he's at before I make my move and just trying to use the terrain. Um, one of the mistakes we probably make the most is going straight to him, but you're better off sometimes if you circle around one side or the other. Like Perch said, if you know the woods, that's going to help you tremendously. But most of the time we're somewhere new. So we're just trying to use the, the Onyx maps, you know, and looking at the terrain, topography, and, and just try to reposition because if, if he didn't come to you, obviously you're not where he wanted to go. So, and yeah. sometimes the world champion turkey callers can't, can't call him to him if he don't want to go that way, you know, so you got to make a move on him. 
Now, will you rip off like a locator call, out call, or uh, or crow or something before you move, just to see if he's if you can just yank something out of them one last it, time? It depends. I mean, because sometimes if, if they're if they're answering you, you know, calling, I'd just go ahead and call to him one more time and get him to gobble. I feel like he hadn't come yet. He's not going to come. I'm just going to make him gobble, you know. So, uh, but uh, if, if we get back away from them, you know, we would owl or, or blow the crow call in. On the eastern, on the Merriams, they they love the coyote call. Yeah. That's so what to. what are what are some of the terrain features that you think that you know? And we could man, we could talk about terrain features and turkey movements literally for an hour. But mm-hmm. what are some of the what are some of the big things that you see or terrain features that like when you're looking at your map, you're like, okay, this is going to dictate where that turkey goes. Yeah, usually you know the higher higher terrain, top of the top of the hills is where I feel Look for like goblin spots. Yeah, they yeah, try to, where they're gonna go do their thing. Yeah, so, and then yeah. we just try to try to move there, and I try to look at it and and figure out how I can move where I can't be seen because you don't want to be up on a on a ridge top moving, you know. So if I if I know he's going on a certain hill, I'll try to slide down on the side of back side of the hill I'm on or get in the bottom make the move and then try to get on the ridge with him is what, what our deal is most of the time. Dragging all the cameras and all that along too. <laughs> yeah. What are the, one of the real popular statements that, that you hear uh, when you're consuming wild turkey hunting content uh, and, and tips and tricks uh, is taking his temperature. That's, that's one of the, you know, one of the phrases that you hear all the time. So what, what does that phrase mean to you? And what are you looking for during that process? Give it to them, Lee. Well, well uh, come on. I mean, like I've always said, you're a hero one day and you're a zero the next. So <laughs> it, um, no, I mean, you got to sit there, see what his mood is. And then um, see if he's really excited, see if you can get him excited. Sometimes you just got to, Take it easy and make him want to come see what's over on the other side of that ridge. So it, um, I said, I haven't been doing it quite as long as them, but it was since 1999, but I've been in a bunch of situations and done very well on some. And then I've thrown my hat and scratched my head on some others. So, yeah, you know? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, let's, let's unpack this. This is a situation. And the great thing about having a show like this is I can ask selfish questions, right? Because I'm, <laughs> I, I, that's why I do it. I want to, I want to know. So this You're is a host. scenario. Yeah. This is a scenario that left me. Like I just stood up and I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, I, I have no idea what just happened. I'm public land. I'm the same as you guys. I hunt 98% public land. And the idea of sitting in a ground blind over a decoy, I, I, that sounds awful. I mean, I hate to deer hunt for that very reason. I don't like to sit in the same spot. Like if you turkey's gobbling over the, I, I want to go, go. And so I, I, I was three or four miles into the woods, river bottom, and I'm just walking slow. I'm out hooting, calling every once in a while. And I hear, I hear a turkey just out of nowhere, just gobbles. I'm like, okay. And he's across the Creek and I can see him. He's just walking back and forth. And I bet this turkey in, in a, in a 45 minute period, this is no exaggeration. I bet this turkey gobbled 200 times. It was, I've got video of it just from my cell phone. I mean, it was funny. I, I just, at one point I just stood up so I could get video of this turkey. I'll send it to you, Steve. And I'm like, this is the dumbest turkey. And he just hammered and hammered. I didn't even call. I call. I, I did a couple of times. Like he'd take a breath and I just, you know, throw out a yelp. Like, Hey, come on. You know, 
never, never. He just gobbled and then just walked off. That was it. And I stood there. I'm like, this is the most frustrating turkey I've ever met. Like this thing would <laughs> not stop gobbling. And he didn't care that I was over there. And to me, that's like the hardest turkey to hunt. The one that won't shut up because he doesn't care. Right. I mean, he's just, I think he just figured out how to gobble is what it is. <laughs> he was proud. Huh? Yeah. How do you, how do you figure out a turkey like that? And, and I know, you know, we're all looking for the turkey that's ready to die. That's the that's what right. we're looking for. Right. But how, well, how do you well, handle? I think in that situation like that, a lot of times we, you don't realize there were probably some other turkeys over there. He knew it. You didn't. And he was like, he trying to get you to come on, come on, come on, you know, or, or that was his happened to be his routine, his route. He wanted to go that way. And he's I mean, the way it's supposed to work, the gobbler's supposed to gobble and the hens are supposed to come to him, you know. So, and, uh, but I mean, in those situations, I, I was in one exactly like that in Mississippi, probably four or five years ago. And I mean, I watched him until I was sick of watching him on the ridge and, and he w was not going to come. So I just slid back off the ridge. I had, uh, thankful for Onyx. You couldn't have done it. It had been harder, not impossible, but to have the confidence of, I knew exactly where he was at and circled around and got on the other side, made one call and he ran over me. So. <laughs> mm. Mm. just gotta uh, love it just making that move and getting you know getting to where, getting he, wanted where to he wanted to go yeah so. and, that, and that's the that's the fun stuff that's the battle back and forth that you get with and and you know old school hunting traditional hunting whatever it is you're not out there shaking decoys and with the reaping fan and all that stuff. Like that's the fun stuff you know like you go to battle with that with that turkey so let's let's uh let's talk about calling in the sense of like how how you go about that uh you know in the morning are you are you guys calling a lot what's kind of your method when do you start calling <laughs> well that goes back to the gobbler <laughs> as soon as uh, you got out of the truck <laughs> uh well he had a he pat he thought he patented the same but he didn't patent one call that's all and the point was when he when you call and he answers shut up basically you know, you hear a lot about this, especially these days, and you, what you read and see some of the videos. It's like the turkey and the callers having a conversation, which is not supposed to be like that, at least in my opinion. Call, gobble, call, gobble, call, gobble. Eventually, that's going to wear out. He's a lot smarter, at least, than I am. So the less calling, the better. But there are certain times you really need to call, especially when he hits the ground. If you see him pitch down or hear him, you better call immediately when he, when he hits the ground. But he may be looking for you, may not, but he may be trying to locate you. But if he's on the limb, going back and forth, he met once you call, he knows where you're at. You know, you don't have to keep calling 15, 20, 30 times back and forth. Now, five, 10 minutes go by and he doesn't gobble, not, you know, you have to go a little back and forth. But that over calling is what I learned. And sometimes I probably don't call enough, I admit. But uh, they're not they're not stupid. They're not, you know, he's not a four-year-old turkey for a you know, reason. Wait. When, when we get to one in the tree, Papa never did like to call to one. When You know, if you got to him, he's in a tree roosted, and you get up there close enough and sit down, get hit, and he's gobbling. He wanted to let him fly down. And uh, I do that a lot, but sometimes I get impatient, and I got to pull the bone out and call to him. And, of course, he gobbles, you know. Sometimes it works out, and sometimes it don't. <laughs> you got to call it, to it. <laughs> when it don't, I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> And you had to know the gobbler, but the older he got, 
the more he wanted you to call. Oh, he got he called to him. He yeah, we called to him. Call, call to him again. Call to him again. <laughs> we laughed. He busted us for calling, but tell, yeah, call. call yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, one call, that's all. You know, we definitely do decrease our calling substantially. Yeah. So, I mean, by the you know, May 1st or end of April, these turkeys on this public land, they don't they don't seen it all. They don't seen it and heard it all. So yeah. we definitely slow down on our call. I'll sure. tell you a story real quick too about a lot of people there's difference in opinions of whether they get called shy or, or not, you know. Uh, I guess about two years ago, uh, they had two gobblers and me and daddy hunted them the first morning and he shot one of them and missed it. And we went back about a week later, and, and there they are, both of them, gobbling. And I uh, called them back up and shot them and missed them again. And we're using the wing bone, you know, so I'm like, dang, what's the matter? You know, we're trying to you learn from your mistakes, you know, so we I get it all straight. Well, I, he didn't get to go that one morning, and, and I went, called him up again, and I killed one of them, both of them, same spot, knew it with him, you know. And uh, so I got one. We looked at him. He said, finally got one of them. So about, I guess it was about three weeks later, it was getting towards the end of the season. And I'd seen his track in the road and I knew he was using that road in the same area. And uh, I went in there one evening and I sat down in the curve of the road and I could see way down the straightaway, long ways down the old woods road. I was sitting there and I'm looking around and I looked down that road and there he stood, about 70 yards. I said, dang, hey boy, there he is. I pulled that wing bone out and when I yelped, when he went around the curve of the road down there past me, he looked like Road Runner kicking up dust. <laughs> he left, left there. He done hurt all of that wing bone. He wanted to do it. Any so that's the that's the only way if you want to form an opinion if they get called shower or not. That's, that was my experience. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. That's that's a good story. Yeah, it uh, that's that speaks volumes, right? <laughs> Oh man, that that's uh, I maybe lose my train of thought. That was a that was a, that was a great that was a great story. So let's have a little fun here. Who's who's the who's the best shot in the group? Oh, I thought you said worst. These are the two worst. I can't hear. These yeah. are the two worst. Uh-uh. We were in okay. Kansas one year with this one, going for the Grand Slam in one year. We in I guess June first or whatever. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend, 95 degrees. He needed the Rio for the single single slam. He talked in Stephen to go with him. We go up to Kansas. We're sweating. And Stephen's calling. And well, a turkey answers, and here he comes. And he walks up there, and he shoots. And the turkey flies off. And he drops his head, and he said, I hurt that turkey. Well, immediately <laughs> – you know, we drop the red challenge flag and we pull it up on the camera and we review the video. And the only thing that hit the turkey was the dirt when he shot in it because he's not a good And this one shoots. Oh, him. God. So I guess it's between he and I. <laughs> okay. Now, Hind Lake, did you, get, did you get the single season? Did you get a Rio? I did. And then, uh, okay. like I said, the pressure's coming to you, so I'm just letting you know. Okay. Whatever. So I said, we were sitting there and I killed. Killed my, I finished the slam with Osceola. I killed an Eastern at the camp. We had our Marion's trip planned. We went and killed. I came here from South Dakota, New Mexico. And I'm sitting there, and these two pumping on me. Leg, you can't finish the season on third. It was in Oklahoma. 
So I'm in the back of the truck on the way back from Oklahoma, Googling. I got to find the Rio. So I found an old boy in Kansas, and I called him and said, man, I need one Rio. <laughs> That's all I need. So, oh, no, man. I did. I, I shot in the dirt on that one. And then blew my gun to pieces, remember? And it wouldn't shoot no more. I was the only one with a gun. I had a single shot at this time. So me and him, we go go around the corner, and I did. I wound up getting a slam in one season. So yeah. he was a good part deal. Of yeah. Now, who who missed a couple of times and went out and bought a new shotgun? And one of the videos. <laughs> I got a, I got a. He actually now. bought. He's only bought his fourth or Four, fifth, fourth or yeah. fifth gun until he realized it wasn't a gun. I had my Benelli, uh, my super black eagle, so part He was hollering for me to come pick you up, and I. Uh, Anyway, I shoot a turkey, and the gun pretty much fell apart on me. It was Super Black Eagle too. Had it in four pieces, and I got video of it. I got pictures of it. And there's a turkey standing out there 40 steps laughing at me. I got running about five pieces. I took it apart, laying in the pine straw, and I took a picture of it, and nobody believed it. And that was the end of that Super Black Eagle, so I bought a Beretta, and it didn't do much better. Oh, man. I'm wearing an air, I think it is. We're not taking shots too far. We, it just the nerves gets to us, no matter how yeah. long we put it. You know, nerves gets the best of us. All I do As it should. That, on a serious yeah. note, when when I was growing up, of course, I hunted with a, I guess, earlier with four ten than a twenty gauge, and there was none of the super, you know, a, a TSS and all this. I remember I would, my dad would not let me shoot a turkey or try to go over thirty five steps. I mean, that was forty was way pushing. Well, now, and we do miss some, you're talking, you know, 50, 60 steps, especially in the woods, not in a ground blind shooting out at a feeder or something with limbs and everything. So I remember, so now you get older and you got more gun loads and TSS and sights and this and that, uh, three and a half inch shells, which I shot two and three quarters, you know, my whole life. So, yeah, now you get a little more confident going to 50, 60, 70, and you will have more misses shooting out that far, you know, if you can't get them in. But Preferably 40 steps and in is, yeah. you know. Do you, do you think that, that that's some of the technology that's that's popped up into turkey hunting? And it, I feel like it's been, deer hunting, it's been developing for years with cell cams. Mm -hmm. and, and But with turkey hunting, you got TSS. I mean, do you think do you think some of that advanced technology degrades the hunting experience? I think if you're responsible with it, you know, I mean, yeah, you could probably shoot one at 70 or 80 yards, but you don't. You know, 50 is what we, what is our limit. But sometimes you misjudge that, you know. I know they got the range finders and all. That's been the joke between us. <laughs> they shoot and then they pull the range finder out. Like, you're supposed to do that pull before you shoot. Before you shoot the turkey. <laughs> we always got confused. We didn't know if you range before or after the shot. I've seen some of that. You're, you're, you know, someone missed and you're like, yep, 46 yards. And you're, I think, Steve, you're like, you should have done that before you shot. Like you, <laughs> hind leg. I think that was you that that shot at the forty six and, and missed. I can't. Yeah, oh, I don't edit none of that stuff out. That's the way it happens. So I yeah. just let it roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just to kind of put a bow on on that. I mean, if it's if it's legal, it's ethical, and you're experienced and and you practice. You know, if you you, you trust your equipment, you know, and, and you're capable of shooting that far, I think that I think that people can do that. And that's the one thing I tell people, you know, just practice. If you, if you, if you're shooting in your backyard at paper and you're not hitting it at 70, don't shoot at 70 in the woods. Yeah, right. Like you just, you're doing a disservice to the animal at that point. Cause you're going to hurt them and it's just disappointing yourself. You know, so you got to be confident. There's a lot of things that to go into to something like that. So, um, 
So let's see. So we've established. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, there's, there's turkey hunting. It feels like going through just kind of a, I, I don't, there's a mentality shift. I think, I think the one thing with turkey hunters, and I think you guys will agree with this, you know, if there's 10 million licenses sold a year, I've said this, you know, nine, 9 million of those are people that, you know, they're deer hunters, they're duck hunters. They like to turkey hunt just because it's something to do. And then a million of them are just passionate, rabid, just hardcore turkey hunters. And that million people there were really protective of the, of the pursuit. We're protective of the animal. So I think when you get some of these, you know. Yeah. And, and, and people go, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and read a lot of stuff. And uh, that's what one thing that, that I've seen, you know, that, uh, that the reaping, I mean, it's, it's a proven tactic. It's deadly, you know, but deadly. Uh, yeah. before it, if, I, I just encourage anybody to read. It, it was Outdoor Life. It was a, a article written by Cameron uh, Weddington, Whitten, mm -hmm. something like that. I think. He, but uh, you can Google it. Outdoor Life uh, Turkey Reaping, and and it'll come up. And uh, he he not only talks about the safety aspect of it, but he also gets into the to the uh, the just the way it triggers the turkeys and the turkeys that were that you're killing. You know the, the dominant. The, the boss gobbler, the one that's going to breed all the hens and how it affects them through the rest of the season. If you kill him and all the other hens you take have to go look, you know, so I, I, I encourage uh, turkey hunters to go read that with an open mind and then maybe form an opinion on it. Cause like yeah. you say, it's up to the turkey hunters to protect this resource. You know, we can't rely on uh, the, the state government and, and the federal government to make these rules. We've got to be responsible ourselves when it comes to yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one thing that really separates the different hunting pursuits, turkey hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting as turkey hunters. I mean, just your dad, you guys, turkey hunter, you, you didn't have turkeys in, in, in their native ranges in recent memories. You know, I mean, uh, turkeys were established in all 49 States and just in 1999. I mean, that's mm -hmm. not that, that's not that long ago. Right. So right. I think collectively we know what it's like to not have something and to, and quite frankly to lose something and so i think that that creates the passion that creates the uh the protective nature of of the hardcore turkey hunters and 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 you know the more of those hardcore passionate turkey hunters are i think the better um and you know with reaping for me it's just it's it's a safety issue yeah. Uh, oh for, yeah for for, for, for the public land you know it's like yes. you hunt and we hunt I'm not going out there reaping something in the Daniel Boone National Forest no. or, you know, somewhere in the Lincoln National Forest and hold a, a gobbler tail fan. I'm not going to do it for the safety yeah. reason. Yeah, we, there is. We're going to have a, a video coming out uh, in a few weeks. Uh, there was a guy, we were on some public land. Uh, I had another guy with me. We called him Boo. And he, we were hunting. We had some turkeys out in the field. We were probably about 70 yards on the forest. The turkeys were out in a private field and uh i heard boo tell me something about left to the left you know and and i'm trying i'm cutting my eyes and i look over there and there's a turkey in full strut and and i almost said shooting and thankfully boo is a very experienced turkey hunter too and he had realized it about the time i realized it and it was a guy behind a a, a full mounted uh wow. full strut decoy within mm -hmm. 30 steps of us and he didn't even know we were there. He was going mm -hmm. to the turkeys, you know. So inexperienced mm -hmm. turkey hunters, I mean, he, he fooled me for just a couple of seconds, which scared yeah. me, you know. 
and that could be the end of that guy. And I, you know, there's, there was a kid in 2021, uh, he was 19 years old. Him and his girlfriend were on private property in West Virginia. And there was a 75 year old gentleman who was trespassing and illegally hunting with a, with a rifle, a high powered rifle shot this kid in the middle of his field. Cause he was, mm. he was wow. reaping. And so the, I think the dangers, the risk of it, even on public property, you never know who's out there. And yeah, that's the, right. that's the moral of this conversation. You know, that talk right there, you, you don't know who's out there and, and thank right. God that, yeah, thank God that you didn't see it, that you took that split second, those years of experience said, eh, it doesn't look right. I mean, you could have saved someone's life. You know, and yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that is that's scary. Right. That is scary to think of. That's what, that's what it comes down to. to, to I mean, I'm not going to dress up like a buck during gun season in Ohio <laughs> in woods, uh, to bring in other, other deer. I'm not going to do that. You know, why do right. it during? <laughs> so, um, so gentlemen, I, I've really, I've really enjoyed this talk, man. I love the content that you guys are putting out on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's just, it's good. It's, it's pure Turkey hunting. I love it. And the sky's the limit with, with team wean bone. You guys are just uh, unbelievable guys. Thanks for your time tonight. Uh, where can people find you guys on social media? It, we're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. And our handle is at Team Wingbone on all of those. Good deal. You guys got a website? Uh, we do. We just got it created. Um, just got a few hats for sale uh, and some de uh, decals. So uh, those are available. That's on Shopify. I think it's Team-Wingbone at Shopify is that website. I love the logo. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get it. I'm gonna have to get a hat. So yeah. good stuff. So well, gentlemen, we appreciate thank you. you having yeah, us. Thank you, man. Enjoy it. Oh man. Good luck. Hey, pleasure. Don't get stuck on third though, son. Look, when you get to third base, go ahead, go ahead and start planting the seed with, with the wife now. Say, I'm, try I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm I'm gonna tell I'll tell you Kansas what I'm gonna shoot. Open to the end of May. Okay, that's that's good to know. If I if I shoot a Merriam's, I mean I'm not even gonna celebrate that. As soon as it happens, I'm gonna panic. Like, oh god, I've done it. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> it's just pressure. It's just the man. the pressure will just crush my chest, and I'm gonna be like, oh god, I have to do this now. So no, it's it's all good. So, gentlemen, good luck this spring. Good luck, uh, and, too, and, and man, the rest of your hunting seasons. I really appreciate you guys and your time. You tonight. too. Appreciate it. Right, thank, thank you for having me. My pleasure.